Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9322 Review Podcast, the show that thinks whoever at match of the day decided to show a league table on Saturday night should be put on trial at The Hague. Uh, we're looking back at City easing to a 3-0 win at Burnley on Friday night, and if they can parade a new signing, then so can we. So it's a welcome to the seasoned old-timer with dodgy hamstrings, Asan, and to a debut for a new signing for an undisclosed fee, it's Ollie. Uh, good afternoon, Asan. how are you? Afternoon. How did you know I had dodgy hamstrings? I've definitely got dodgy hamstrings. I'm not. I'm just going off Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> not you. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my hammies are a little bit dodgy, but it's probably to do with not stretching enough before I go running. Yeah. Well, don't get me started on what's wrong with <laughs> legs, feet and everything else. So, yeah, it's uh, long past retirement for me anyway. Uh, have a good weekend? I did. Had a wonderful weekend. I think uh, I'm personally very happy that the Barclays is back. Um, it kind of, yeah, it just it it gives the weekend context that mm. all the way through the summer without the Barclays, my weekends don't really have context, and I don't really know what to do with myself. Um, but yeah, now it's back. I feel much more at home. Yeah. We'll spend a couple of minutes debating that in a minute, or debating, <laughs> uh, talking about it in a minute. Uh, yeah, so it's a, a warm welcome to Ollie. Ollie, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for, thanks for letting, on. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, much like Asan, you know, but the Barclays being back, it gives my weekend some sort of structure, which is fantastic. You know, after a summer of the ashes and you know cricket constantly getting right back into you know watching the best team in the world play football is a very nice feeling i was reduced to watching the world cycling championships or whatever last <laughs> week so just uh people doing tricks on bmx bikes oh good god maybe i'm ready for football to come back after all yeah because uh, uh yeah uh, i will watch any almost anything but yeah i think it was uh time to have football but Ollie, am I the only one who was actually, after winning the treble, was glad of the break and would have uh, would have retired at the top for forever? Or were you absolutely really keen to have it back? Uh, to be honest, it wasn't until about 20 minutes before the Community Shield that I was like properly up for it, have, having mm. it back. Um, but on, honestly, I feel as, it's almost less pressure for fans. You know, we're all used to kind of having heart attacks halfway through the season watching City and, you know, are we going to win anything? What's going to happen? But we've won it all now. So, you know, it's more just enjoying the ride that comes afterward, I think. Does that mean, uh, does that mean you think that you'll enjoy this season, season yeah. more? Yeah. Does that I mean th- that the pair of you think you'll enjoy it more this this season? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll give a quick answer so Ollie can answer. That's the intention, eh, Sam? But yeah, let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, pr- I'm not yeah. convinced I'll be able, ever be able to be that person, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I think these early months, especially, you can, you can just take your foot off the gas a little bit and not get as emotionally invested, um, and just enjoy watching great football more. You know, this is the first time in probably about six months that I've actually watched more than City's game at the weekend, because mm. I just I I can enjoy football a bit more and it feels a little less pressure and. To, and to be honest, I think there was a lot of really good narratives and storylines this weekend, regardless, you know, whether it's new managers or new signings or, you know, the ongoing saga with Chelsea and Liverpool for a defensive midfielder. And then we can just sit there knowing that we won 3-0 on Friday night and having watched Rodri be the best midfielder in the world. So it's not mm. all bad, really. Yeah, I think what key for me is like 
the lead up to the game on Friday night. It's like nine months of this season to go after this game. It really doesn't matter if we, you know, if we drop a couple of points or if we're five points behind in October or we've come from behind so many times now. Stoke makes wide sweeping statements about one match when there's another 37 to go. But having said that, when it's one all Chelsea-Liverpool, I was still there because I consider Liverpool to be the greater threat. I was still anxiously looking at the clock thing. I really don't want Liverpool to get a winner here. <laughs> which is ridiculous in the first match of the, the season. So, yeah, I hope I'm a bit calmer. Are you, Asan? Are you calmer about it all? I mean, yeah, I don't really I don't really feel... I, I, so, I, I want us to win the fourth title on the bounce because I think that that is its own little piece of history that nobody has. Um, and it actually feels like as big a carrot as the treble did. Um, so, I feel as though... There will be pressure because I do want to win the league. But I think the good thing is that for whatever reason, I've decided after one game week, which is, I mean, of course, absurd, but, you know, that's what we're all here for. But I've definitely decided that everybody else is a little bit of a basket case. And so I can see a title race that very quickly is no longer a title race because City find themselves seven, eight points clear of the pack and everybody sort of gives up. So of the thing, the teams you expected to be rivals over that weekend, did you not see any any evidence of who might push City closest? Not really. I mean, I, I, I don't think... If we start with the, with the Super Sunday Liverpool-Chelsea game... Um, I, I don't think Liverpool are a particularly serious football team right now. They can't defend for Toffee. Um, and I'm not really sure how they fix that because it's a problem they had last season and it's not really connected to personnel. It's not like buying a defensive midfielder will make them structurally a better team defensively. Like Basically, Chelsea had worse players than Liverpool. I think, I think man for man, if you went through the two 11s, you'd look at the Liverpool 11 and go, poor, that's much better than Chelsea's 11. And yet, for an hour of that game, if Chelsea had players that were 20% better, they'd probably comfortably have won it. Um, there was just so many gaps in, in, uh, in Liverpool's structure. And I think the thing is that that's not new. That's a continuation of a lot of what went on last season for them. So starting with them, I, I just don't think that they're particularly serious. Um, Chelsea looked really good, but without the requisite players to get the number of points that they'd need to to win the title. Um, Arsenal is still managed by Arteta, who's still just way too hot-headed. And I feel as though they still have a little bit of a soft centre. There's no way that that game... Uh, on Saturday should be as nervy as it is for the last 10 minutes. It just shouldn't be like that. And yet mm. it completely was. It felt like... Arsenal feel like a team that, again, like... It, for me, this Premier League is about control. The more that you can control games football, the more likely you are to mount a title challenge. And Arsenal feel like they can control a game right up until the point at which they no longer control it. And... That's that's not going to work. I think. I think they're going to have they're going to have to get better. And I'm sure that all of these teams will get better week on week. So these are just my knee jerk, immediate yeah. reactions. That, which is what I want. 
entirely. Love making knee-jerk reactions after the first weekend. It's, uh, it's all part of the fun. What about you, Ollie? Is it a City Newcastle title race now? <laughs> um, well, I think Newcastle are going to get caught out by being in the Champions League. I know the thing is, living in Cumbria, everyone around here is now suddenly a Newcastle fan because it's the closest Premier League team and, you know, everyone's mm. forgotten about plucky little Carlisle United. Um, what a shock. Do that so, at your peril. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of them are getting a bit a, a bit over the top, you know, 5-1 against Villa. Villa were just pathetic and they, and they lost, you know, whatever you think of Tyrone Mings, he's a rock in that back line for them. And Paul Torres, the new signing, didn't look all that great. So I think there's you can, you can make knee-jerk reactions off that game if you want. But much like Ace, and I look at... I, I saw before any games were played this season, I saw Liverpool and Arsenal as the two big threats. And what I saw from Arsenal was a team that look at least another year away from being close to winning the Premier League, having that sense of... Not arrogance, but confidence that they can do it. You know, you listen to their interviews before games... And they're all like, oh, we want to be closer to City. You know, we're still a bit scarred from last season about the title race. Really, though, for, for me, as much as you can say it was a title race, I don't think it was. It was City. It was a season of two halves for City and they just dominated in the second half and they took control of the league title even when they were six, seven mm. points behind Arsenal still. As for Liverpool, they're going to be a fun watch this season because they're going to score a load of goals, but they're also going to let in a ton of goals as well. And that's what's going to let them down. Um, Newcastle, they'll get bogged down with the Champions League schedule. They're not used to two games a week. They're not used to playing Wednesday, Saturday or Wednesday, Sunday. Um, that will affect them like it does all like it does all teams. And as for Man United, then we haven't seen them play yet, but I can't imagine they'll be close to Liverpool, never mind Arsenal, never mind City. This this feels like a season where we've got it, where by April everyone's sort of conceded and then we'll win it early May and we'll win it by eight to twelve points or something like that. From that you know, that's my that's my initial reaction. City just looked too good already. I'd say um, for that. Even like even even if you you can look at the attack and go okay they need another player. City's defense is just so so good. They just look unbeatable at the back. Mm. I think that's Netflix. sort of the key for me is just the the bedrock that they're. Sorry, Howard, I cut you off just very quickly. Mm. The bedrock of that that the collection of players, the idea that you know we played without Stones and Diaz, and we'll come on to it. Maybe they weren't flawless at the back because they were without Stones and Diaz. But at the same time, you come out of it with a clean sheet away from home. You can't you can't complain with that. Gvardiol, best young defender in the world, just signed only played like 15 20 minutes stones and diaz as i say to come back it's uh it looks quite formidable let's, let's talk city then hey so i'm going to stay with you uh the team i put some uh weird whatsapp message on going no effing idea about that one <laughs> what did you think when you saw that team lineup i guess News that oh, after a lineup comes out, news filters through, doesn't it? So and so, this has happened, blah blah blah. Uh, I guess it became a, a lot more understandable when you realised the context of it. But at the time, I was like, bloody hell, I don't even know where some of these players are going to line up on the pitch. Mm, I mean, when I saw Walker and Lewis um, and Ake and Akanji, I think it very quickly it was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be Lewis at left back and, and Walker at right back. Um, 
And then, yeah, it's kind of that 4-4-2 thing, 4-2-3-1, however you want to however you want to describe it. Look, I think going into the weekend, for better or for worse, I had my uh, Foden-sized goggles on. So as far as I was concerned, mm. a team with Foden I was going to be happy with and a team without Foden I was going to be really unhappy with. And so the fact that Foden was in made me happy. Um, I, I said after the Charity Shield that I don't like Haaland and Alvarez together. Um, and so obviously it surprised me that he'd gone with that again. But I think as the game unfolded tactically, it kind of it made sense. And then I read a couple. I've read a couple of things subsequently that have slightly made me reevaluate. Like we we often get in get or me anyway. I, I forget the fact that Guardiola literally picks every team based on the opposition. In so far as there's always a clear tactical plan to counteract whatever the opposition mm. are going to do. And there will be games where Haaland and Alvarez together will end up somehow being the best option in terms of dealing with what the opposition are doing. So, yeah, it was a little bit, I was a little bit thrown by it. But at the same time, I looked at it and went, we should win. Ollie, if you're going to be a regular on this podcast, you're going to get asked a lot of pointless questions by me. So here's your first one ever. <laughs> uh, once the match had started, was it any clearer? where the players were lining up. And the reason it's a pointless question is, of course, if you read these tactical reviews after matches, they don't have set positions to players anymore, do they? It's kind of it's kind of always pointless, like someone like me trying to work it all out. Yeah, I, honestly, I feel the exact same, to be honest. You know, you read some of these post-match tactical reviews and you're just like, well... You, what are you talking about? Are you someone who just plays football manager and gets a bit too obsessive with it or what? Um, so, you know, I, I think we're all used to reading a Guardiola team sheet and going, what the hell is he doing now? And then, you know, an hour later when the game starts, we go, oh, OK, that makes a bit more sense. Um, I think one of the kind of interesting things was how he used Edison, how Edison is now a centre-back, mm. um, which offers which was which was great against Burnley and their man marking system because it just always meant there was a free man um in and in and around the box to pass to. You know, it's the kind of one person to set the pass, one person to receive the initial, and then the next pass is the one that pushes forward up the pitch. Or with or like you've got with Edison and Harlan, you just lump it forward old school nineteen ninety style. Um but I, I think I think when you've got as many tactically versatile players as City do even without someone like John Stones, who can play pretty much everywhere. You know, you've got Rico Lewis, who's a baby John Stones at this point. You know, he can play in the back line, he can play in midfield, he can play further advanced up the pitch, he can be a traditional fullback running up and down the wing, um, hugging the touchline, putting a cross in. Um, it just opens up so many more options. And I think it, it kind of gives Guardiola that freedom to put out wacky team sheets and you're going, is this a 4-4-2 or is this a three two four one or whatever you want to call it um i think the days of numbering formations are a bit dead mm. with guardiola um <laughs> and you and you see the rest of the world you know they're six months behind pep all the time so you know whilst they've all just clicked on to doing a kind of box midfield like we were playing last season now he's playing his goalkeeper as a center back and you know we're playing a striker as a as a kevin de bruyne replacement in alvarez um you know, I I wonder what he's got up his sleeve next. But um, Guardiola team sheets there, one of the funner side of being a City fan, I think. 
Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.